0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Searching for Political Identity. It is your host here, Brian Eskow. It is Sunday, October 10th. I'm not in San Diego where I usually am. I'm in New York. I'm here with my girlfriend, and we are attending a wedding. I'm in town for a wedding, my cousin's wedding. And it's a really nice wedding. Uh, It's going to be a really nice wedding. The rehearsal party, the rehearsal dinner was very nice last night, and the wedding will be incredible. And look, the reality is these cousins of mine, they're, they're well off. And if you want to understand what I'm doing with this podcast, I think you have to understand my cousins and myself. And the easiest way to put it is, like I said, they have money. They have plenty of money and they're incredible people. First of all, they are absolutely some of the finest people that I know. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. I love them dearly and I respect them even more. Um but it highlights this this thing we're talking about in society which is money and you know you either have it or you don't. Is that even true? I don't know. I think a lot of people would say you can work for it and make plans and you know, lift yourself up. But I think it's safe to say that the reality is that money is the main thing in our society. Should it be? I think that's a question. I know there's lots of people on Twitter at least that want to end our monetary system. And that's like the extreme of getting away from capitalism, right? So I don't know what the answers are, but I am searching for them. And so if you want to understand what I'm doing here, think about it. Searching for political identity. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I strongly support LGBTQ plus, etc. rights. I am very for an egalitarian society. Egalitarian meaning when everything's really based on equality. And it doesn't matter if you're a black woman, an Asian man, uh, an Indian midget, it doesn't matter, you're going to be treated the same under the eyes of the law. Now, just a quick digression, if you recall my episode on critical race theory from a couple weeks ago, you might notice that critical race theory is the opposite of an egalitarian society. Egalitarian society is where, you know, we think we are, at least the... The ignorant people like myself. I thought we were in that society already. But this past year has been eye opening for me. And there's been several different reasons why I've, my eyes have been opened. One of them is being in this class, jurisprudence that I keep telling you about. Um, the other is talking to people on Twitter. And people are telling me, Brian, we're not living in this utopia that you think we are. Not everyone goes through life as a white man, like you. Not everyone goes through life being related to people with money, like you. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm clearly liberal, progressive, when it comes to LGBTQ rights and that kind of thing. Socially progressive, I would call myself. I, I don't have it in me to deny someone else's reality. I don't have it in me to say, you're not gay, you just think you're gay. Go to a therapist. No, that's not how I work. So that's the social issues part. So I'm not searching for political identity in that department, but I I think it's the economics that I am searching for political identity. What's the best way to bring people out of poverty, to bring prosperity to the most amount of people? I think it was Elon Musk who said, um, the purpose of government should be to optimize happiness. And that was really kind of insightful and brilliant. So Democrats and Republicans, I'm pretty sure they all want the same thing for the country. They want people to be happy and healthy and doing well. Um, They just have very different ideas of how to get there. And so it's all about economics for me and what the best policy is to bring about the most change for people. Now, I started this conversation by telling you about the wedding I'm going to and I'm in the city and I'm fortunate enough to be able to afford a plane ticket and a hotel. And not everybody has that ability, and I do want to find out what I can do, what policies I can support that would, you know, make America better, make America better. Um, I have to admit, I feel bad when I see people who are living in poverty. I don't want that. I'm very sensitive. I don't want that. I I want to help people. So you get into the whole conversation with Republicans about, oh, you don't want to disincentivize work. If we go to an entitlement society like Europe, where the government gives you stuff, gives you housing, gives you money, gives you whatever, anything, the question is, will that crumble our society? Because America is historically built on this idea that the individual and the family is like the primary form of government. Think about it. It goes family, then it goes local government, then it goes federal government. So I think the conservatives would say, look, the best way to bring about positive change in society is to work at the family level. Maybe the local level too, but the family level. And so that's why you hear conservatives always harping about family value. Now the Democrats, on the other hand, they think that the best way to bring about positive change is to focus on the federal government top-down. So it's just that simple. Top-down versus bottom-up in terms of policy. Now, I don't really care one way or another as long as it works for the most amount of people, right? So I'm just searching. So, yeah, that's a big part of it, the economics... Do I think universal basic income is a good idea? I'm intrigued by it. I'm very intrigued by it. I think if we're living in a country where there's such disproportionate amounts of wealth, I don't have a problem with the government subsidizing um, the lower class. Will that incentivize the, quote, lower class to not work as hard? And will that lead to a cascading effects where our country just becomes lazy and entitled and we don't build as much and we don't innovate as much? You know, a lady, a young woman in one of my classes, we were having a discussion about whether or not it would be appropriate, not even constitutional or legal, but we were just talking in class about would it be appropriate If a high school, I'm sorry, not a high school, a middle school, ages like 14 to 16, or what is it, 11 to 13, or I don't know, 12 to 15, something like that, middle school age, and the context of the discussion was Mexican-American families, a lot of Mexican-American women have children at a young age. It's cultural. It's part of their way. And so one student was arguing, hey, we should not allow childcare centers at middle schools. That is incentivizing middle school girls to get pregnant and have kids. And the other side, the entire class was arguing against this guy. They were saying, hey, dude, it's not going to incentivize. This woman actually made a wonderful point. She said, I'm so sick of this argument. That's like saying Planned Parenthood is going to incentivize abortions. She's like, no, you are going to provide healthcare uh, uh, abortions and you are going to provide um, Child care for people who need it, even if they're in middle school, because, not because it's going to incentivize any of that behavior, it won't, so she says, but it's going to allow those people to partake in America. It's going to allow the young Mexican American girl who had a child at 14 to learn while her child is being watched. So if you take that argument to UBI, you might just say, look, giving people money to survive is not going to dis uh, disincentivize them from working or wanting more. It's just going to allow them to partake in America without worrying about where their next meal's coming from. It's just going to give them a little more security. So that's the question for me, and I think I tend to agree with her, and I think that's pushing me in a, in a liberal direction, progressive direction, with this economic policy. Like I said, I'm not convinced that... You know, I don't know, to be honest. I say that, but then people will say, Brian, during the pandemic, which we're still in, when when people were getting their checks, no one wanted to go back to work. So I don't know if you can take this time in the history and compare it to anything else. This is just so crazy and unique. So I'm going to take that back. I guess I'm not prepared to side with the liberals on this, but I think it's a question worth asking. And I I do ask you guys to think about it and. Maybe you can let me know on Twitter or whatever what you think about that. Do you think that the government providing stuff will create this problem where people no longer want to work for stuff and they're no longer willing to wait for stuff? Bottom line, will it have a bad effect on society? It's like raising your kids, I would imagine, right? You want the federal government, the parents, to give you everything? Or do you want the federal government, the parents, to say, nope, you're going to get a job, You're gonna, so that whole thing. So, with that said, this is going to be a short episode. Like I said, I'm on vacation, I'm in the city. I did not want to miss an episode. I've recorded one every week since I started in May, and I'm just so pleased with uh, the audience that I'm getting and the interactions on Twitter. I'm really happy about it. I feel really good about it. And so, I just wanted to record this so that I didn't leave you hanging. So with that said, I will, le- I will see you next week for a, a more in-depth episode. But please do think about this and let me know what you think. I'd, I'd love to hear it. So with that said, take care, guys. See you next week. Bye.